Welcome to episode 23 of the Echo Corpus Christi podcast, the podcast featuring Corpus Christi's creators, makers, doers, and builders. On this episode, we visit with Robert Cooper, who recently returned from the Ukraine where he saw and recorded the Russian invasion up close and personal with a group of freedom fighters. Robert is a Corpus guy, a member of the Cooper Outdoor family, which is responsible for many of our billboards and other signs here in the area. I've debated whether to call Robert a modern-day Hemingway, but I think the description is apt. When you visit with him, you get a sense of his wanderlust, but the most interesting part to me is his motivation for his adventure. You'll hear about that in this episode. He's built houses here and businesses in Eastern Europe. He's played soccer for a semester at West Texas A&M in Canyon, Texas, and created and sold the goldfish where we recorded. You may recall an earlier episode with Jessica Janak, also recorded at the goldfish. She and Robert are life and business partners and the parents of a young son. Robert's willingness to dive into the unknown comes through in this episode, and I think you might just be a little inspired to seek your own adventures too. Let's visit with Robert. Robert Cooper, welcome to the Echo Corpus Christi podcast. Thank you. Good, good to be here. Oh man, this is going to be a fun one and very timely. Uh, we'll get to in a little bit a discussion about your recent adventures in the Ukraine as the war unfolded. But before we get there, let's start off with our usual intro question, which is what's your Corpus story? My Corpus story. Uh, born in Corpus Christi, 1990. Um, went to Ray High School, Texas A&M Corpus Christi. And, uh, semester at West Texas A&M playing soccer up there all right and then uh, but my degrees from A&M Corpus okay um, um, and just been in a handful of businesses here I'm in mm-hmm. the home building business now uh, but I've been in the bar business general real estate affairs uh, my family this business is Cooper Outdoor Advertising mm-hmm. the billboard business so I've been in and out of that. I'll build signs occasionally for them, and, um, but but nothing nothing full time. What does know. building signs for them mean? What does that look like? So I'll go out and find a um, find a location. So there's mm-hmm. you know, TechStot's got all these all these all these rules for building signs. You can't just build one right. anywhere, right? <laughs> so yeah. So and they change them somewhat frequently. So you know. You kind of have to know what you're looking for, so I'll get I'll get sent out to a certain area or a road that um, my family wants to build a new sign on, and I'll uh, mm-hmm. I'll go out there and just knock on doors and try to get somebody to to you know do a lease or or let us buy some land to, to put up a billboard on and send off a permit application to TechStot mm-hmm. and cross your fingers and hope they uh, hope they approve it and then. Put your sign up, and and the idea is it sells itself. So, but we have salespeople that do a great job right. as well. Right. So, so with growing up in the family business, yeah. do you feel like that there was pressure on you to join the family business, or was it kind of a we're here, we'd like for you to work with us, but it's kind of in your your yeah, decision making wheelhouse? You know, we, we've got we've got a lot of signs, but it's still a small business. Mm-hmm. And my uncle Robert is there; he does a great job, and. It's, it's uh, you know, aside from growing and expanding, which is really the only thing I've, I, I've, I've done for them, there's really not a, a, a need for, mm-hmm. for a lot of people down there. So I uh, you know, also like to, like to do my own thing. Right. You know, 
<laughs> I, uh, I enjoy working for myself. That's right. Um, well, not many Corpus boys head off to the Texas Plains to go to college either. That's not the normal direction people well, seem to go. I wanted to play soccer, and they, they gave me a scholarship. So mm -hmm. it's also, I only played one season, but it was my senior year. Really? Most people do their yeah. one season, quit after their freshman <laughs> they start year. There at the beginning, right? But I guess they were desperate enough to give me a call. I think their their goalkeeper got stuck in Columbia or something like that, yeah. and uh, it's a couple of weeks before season started. I hadn't played in a couple of years, and oh, wow. uh, but I was in shape, so, mm -hmm. so well, I can do it. So I drove through 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 a bunch of stuff in my truck right. and drove up to Canyon, Texas and played with them. We had a good team, too. Did you go see the Texas play while you were up there in the Paladero Canyon? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, the, no, no, the play, right? right? The no, I did, not, I did not see the play. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was kind of distracted. Well, it was obviously busy schedule with yeah. soccer and school. Even though I think I was, I was taking like six hours, I don't. I don't even. I don't even think it was legal. Right. With the, you were you know, a true college as, athlete. I think you have to take nine hours or something like that with NCAA. Yeah. But I was taking six, but nobody, nobody gave a shit because you know I didn't play that much, and you know it's D two school, so mm. I'm sure they would have busted on if it was at Texas. Or right. Some, <laughs> it was an Austin or College Station. Was, I thought yeah. they have a men's soccer team, but point stands. Yeah. Um, and yeah, came back, uh, worked at Cooper Outdoor for a little bit, and then uh, then wanted to travel, and mm -hmm. so took off on what was supposed to be a you know two or three month uh, uh, little adventure, and then ended up I had a return flight, but I just ended up ended up sticking around. <laughs> you put it off and, a little bit. And I like Tbilisi a lot, and, right? Uh, and so I just posted up there. Made a lot of friends. So I'll let Made our audience know we are recording here at the Goldfish, uh, which we'll get to that story here in a minute. Um, but you mentioned Tbilisi. Let's talk about your uh, your experience over there. What drew you to the city and to the country of Georgia? And what made you, after thank you, what made you, um, in the middle of your adventure with a, with a return flight, mm -hmm. decide you wanted to stick around? Well, um, I fell in love with the city and, and, and the country. And, uh, in just a, in just a couple of weeks, I, uh, you know, we had a we had a big expedition through the Caucasus Mountains, mm -hmm. and that was before I even went to the big city. I already loved it. Uh, um, I mean, we we're going into towns like Ushguli and Aprari that that are nothing. Sh there's no roads to them. Wow. You know, you've got to walk mm -hmm. there or go on horseback, and 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 nothing's changed since right. since i mean everybody has a cell phone mm -hmm. but you know aside <laughs> sure. from, aside from, and, and they've gotten electricity to it but mm -hmm. other than that it's 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 medieval uh, um so it was just a fast fascinating fascinating place i finally felt like i discovered something that was mm -hmm. just new and untouched and it was it was wonderful uh, um, and then I went to the city, and I, Tbilisi is super cool. So with Tbilisi, yeah. is it a is it a how do you describe the city itself? Is it a modern city? Or everybody modern? always, you know, everybody that lives there hates this comparison, but everybody's calling it the new Berlin or something okay. like that because of the nightlife. Um, and when I got there, there really wasn't a lot of nightlife. There was uh, there's a couple of expat bars. Um, I mean, bars that expats hung out mm -hmm. at. There's one that a uh, that an American guy ended up becoming good friends with, and 
business partners with, he had a place called Dive Bar okay. that was kind of legendary. Mm -hmm. And they just, somebody just bought the real estate last year and I think they're bulldozing everything and building some horrible high rise. But oh, that, was a, that was a legendary spot sure. and everybody hung out there. I mean, mm -hmm. you, didn't, you didn't need to call anybody. You just showed up and every journalist, every mm -hmm. you know, NGO worker, everybody in town was there. And uh, yeah, just a super cool, mm -hmm. super cool little spot underground. Um, and you know, I kind of just fell in love with the people there. Um, I was, I met a guy named Mark Reinhagen who was a board game developer and, no. and author, <laughs> but extremely successful. Uh -huh. Like you know, has sold millions of copies of his stuff. And you know, getting into the fantasy side, like I'm, I'm right. this, I'm, I'm. It's a totally, completely different world to me. Uh, he had a show on Fox for not to completely go off the rails here, but Mark's an interesting cat. Mm -hmm. He had a show on Fox for a season called Kindred: The Embrace. It was some wow. vampire show. So like, <laughs> he started, he started the whole oh, vampire deal. Who's the uh -huh. godfather of the like, no way, the, the, the twi like Twilight? Sure, twi yeah, right, uh, right. Um, he wrote, uh, what was it, Underworld with Kate Beckinsale yeah, that Sony yeah, yeah. produced. Yeah, so yeah. he was a big deal. And, like, no kidding. Met a Georgian woman in New York. No way. And, um, and, and then, you know, they fall in love. Right. And he's like, well, you know, I can live in, like, for a, you know, you know for a fraction of the price. Right. I can live like a right. king in, in Tbilisi. And, you know, I like right. the culture. So, and I can still write from there. Sure. And sell stuff, so. That's so wild. he moved over there, and I met him, and I started working for him, um, helping him with the business side. He was coming out with a new book, mm -hmm. then I was help, helping him with the printing and shipping to, you know, Europe. He's sure. went to 30 different countries. You know, people love his stuff. Of course, I'd never heard of him because I don't read. Right. You know. <laughs> pre, pre, you know, teenager vampire stuff, um, but. He, Sure. Mark's Mark's great, brilliant man, yeah. um, and uh, um, he was one of the major reasons I, I stuck around. It's mm -hmm. like, uh, yeah, it was my I don't I don't think mentor is the right word, but um, maybe uh, he was he was uh, I don't know I don't know how to put my relationship with Mark besides being very good friends, but definitely a good source of mm -hmm. advice if I ever needed it. I can say that. Yeah. So what got you into the nightclub business in Tbilisi? Uh, Corey, the guy that I had mentioned, had a okay. uh, um, dive bar and there was a new development uh, mm -hmm. going in on the this is like other side of the river kind of deal, like okay. kind of untouched virgin territory, mm -hmm. like the Brooklyn of, of, uh, of Tbilisi is okay. kind of what it's become. All the hipsters are living sure. over there, right? the Georgian hipster scene <laughs> and uh, and so um, it was in an old uh, Soviet textile factory and so wow. we were the first business open there I mean we went in we, we were pulling boxes of clothes out from the 80s I mean we no cut way. the locks off this place it was brand spanking new so one of Corey's contacts or you know acquaintances had mm -hmm. uh, had contacted him to see if he was interested in opening up another location and then he was raising money for it, so absolutely. I love, I love sure. the first dive bar. Uh, uh, <laughs> he did well on that one, so right. he knows what he's doing. 
and um, you know, it just cost nothing to build a place. So mm-hmm. it was crazy what we what we put into it. We put nothing into it, and you know, we were making money hand over fist. Wow. But you know, in a country like that, like it was. I don't know if we were making too much money or what the deal was, right. but you know, I knew we were on borrowed time after like the first six months because <laughs> I was like, somebody's gonna come. Right. Like a couple American dudes. Yeah, it's like somebody's gonna kick our ass out of here. Right. And I don't know where it's gonna come from. Make you the proverbial uh-huh. offer you can't refuse. Yeah, r- right, right. right. Yeah, it was kind, it was kind of it was kind of like that. And mm-hmm. so we, uh, you know, we get long story short, you know. Yeah, nobody gives a shit about our lease. You know, we get kicked out, and then, you know, right. the, you didn't call the your person lawyer. that the person that <laughs> wanted it so badly, I guess, got done playing with their toy six or seven months later, and you know, it closed down. Now it's something else. I don't, know, sure. I don't know what it is. But what's uh, the difference between developing that kind of a business over there uh, in Georgia versus here? I'm sure that I would assume perhaps ignorantly, yeah. that there's not like a TABC that you have to get liquor oh, licenses no, from. There's no, there's no, red, kind of there's no red tape okay. over there. It was phenomenal. I remember when Corey and I went to the, I think it was the Ministry of Justice where you incorporate, and they've right. got a little cafe. This is a story I tell people, to tell people how easy it was. Mm-hmm. And we had our lawyer and our accountant there to help translate or, right. I, I, don't know why. I, don't, or I don't know why they were there. Okay. We brought them there for some reason. and. Because you're Americans and you're thinking this is going to be somewhat similar to what we do here, perhaps? Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So they came with us, and it was good we brought them with us. They helped walk us through some stuff because um, mm-hmm. some of it was just so unbelievably easy. Right. I would have, like, I would have, I would have thought we weren't finished. Right. And so we go to this. They've got like a cafe kind of deal inside of the you know Ministry of Justice. Why not? Right. And uh, and uh, we, uh, you know. Sub-government liaison comes over and goes, you know, wait here. Sure. We're informing this LLC. He's like, wait here, you know, be right back. And I'm expecting them to come back and, like, pull us into an office somewhere. Sure. And then they just sit down right there in this little cafe inside of the inside of the government building. And, um, and then, you know, form the LLC, you know, that took... Mm-hmm. Took five minutes, right. and then and then you know we asked for the bill. So we're you know there's a fee of course. So sure. we so we asked for the bill, and then on the bill, I'll never forget it was an itemized bill, and it was like Scone Cappuccino <laughs> LLC or whatever or whatever they or whatever they had on it. Right. And, you know you give them give, we gave them their their, their forty or fifty dollars uh-huh. or whatever it was, and George and Laurie and and. Uh, went about our business officially and then after that we could just i mean the first thing we did was was build the bar put a keg in mm-hmm. and starts we started selling beer while we were still under construction to our friends wow. like there's no rules right no rules if we ran out of jack daniels we go to the grocery store down the street and buy a bottle to get us through the <laughs> night um uh, no bar stickers that have to be knocked off uh, when the bottle's over no uh, there's some stuff. there's some import stuff that they okay that they kept track on, but anything inside the country was, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it's, it's been referred to as a libertarian's paradise. Uh, That's right. It was a free for all. Um, is it a heavy, being Eastern European, is it a heavy vodka country, one might assume, or is it yeah, more they've of got a, a. They got a spirit, I mean, people definitely drink vodka, okay. but they've got a spirit called cha cha there, which okay. is kind of like, I guess, uh, 
it's like a grappa almost. Okay. They'll, they'll, you know, any byproduct from the wine. It's a big wine country. They really? Love, they love wine. Birthplace of wine. They've okay. been making wine there for 8,000 years. Wow. That's what they claim, but, sure. you know, sometimes they're, they like to embellish. Well. So, but I think that's kind of been documented. You know, the Georgian might tell you 18,000 years or something, okay. but I okay. think it's 8,000 years is, is <laughs> somewhat <affair>. verified. <laughs> the, uh, okay, so so then they make chacha too. That's okay. a hard liquor. And you never know. You're usually buying it out of uh, old Coke bottle, liter Coke sure. bottle or something like that, old Sprite bottle. Mm -hmm. And so you don't know if it's, in everybody's, every Georgian's uncle makes the best chacha right, in, course, in the country. Of course, every of single, course. Every single one. <laughs> So you, uh, so we'd get, you know, we found like the, our cha-cha guy, yeah. you know, there's this old man in a basement somewhere. <laughs> Maybe he was the one selling us the wine. I can't remember. But yeah. anyways, we, you know, getting cha-cha is dirt cheap, and you don't mm -hmm. know, you don't know if it's seventy percent or or fifty percent alcohol or right. what it is. But, um, but if you buy from the same guy, usually they're pretty consistent. Mm -hmm. And then. Um, so that's that's their that's their popular spirit, but okay. it's a big wine country. And the the beer scene was kind of cup starting when I right. when I about a year after I got there in 2014. Um, and so now there's some good beers over there. I haven't been over in a few years, two or three years, but um, but no, it's a I mean, wine's the blue collar drink over there. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not. It doesn't have this like you know. Uh, you know, Napa, Sonoma, mm -hmm. you know, French, right. Bordeaux, uh, you know, snob, snob, snobbery right. associated right. with it. It's, it's what, you know, they'll, they just, you know, you get, you get home from work and you, 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 you know, drink a couple right. liters of six or seven percent alcohol wine and wow. wake up and do it again the next day. More like the two buck um, chuck from Trader Joe's perhaps then. Right, right. But it's all homemade. Yeah. Any uh, any self-respecting Georgian man's got a uh, you know thousand liters of, of, <laughs> of orange table wine in a cellar. That's as, as as I've heard people say. So do um, they have? Is it is it as a region? Is it a grape producing region? Is oh that yeah. Why? Okay. Oh yeah. They've got like they've got they've got four hundred different types of grapes. Wow. Yeah, it's incredible. That's crazy. Oh yeah. It's they're making some great stuff, and the. Soviets shut it down. They narrowed it down to, I don't know, a dozen, twenty, okay. two dozen uh, types of grapes. And uh, fortunately, they preserved. Somebody preserved the uh, the others because if you lose them, I, I I've lived very limited knowledge about the wine making business. But mm -hmm. but um, what I've gathered that yeah, you know, a variety or a grape can very easily go extinct. So. Sure. They managed to preserve them, so there's a lot of foreigners coming in and mm -hmm. reviving uh, a lot of these, a lot of these varietals. So can't name them all. <laughs> that's all right. Uh, that's not. There's uh, not, not going to have a pop quiz on the great know, varieties. Uh, and my my favorite's a, uh, a Shav Capito. Okay. And is that of course, Saparavi is the most famous. Okay. It's kind of like a cab. Okay. Big, um, big super dry mm -hmm. and uh, as I heard one sommelier say and I cracked up when I heard this uh, exhausting on the palate uh, <laughs> I like that yeah. I like that yeah yeah right that is so uh, descriptive yeah. for right. sure why do you suppose we don't have in the US a major pipeline of Georgian wines uh, I think it's coming okay yeah I mean you could already I carried it here when yeah. for a while uh, some brand I think made to export I'd never seen it there okay. 
Uh, I forget the name of it, but it was a Saparavi. Uh, okay. But in Houston, you can get Georgian wines. In New York, anywhere where there's Georgian diaspora, you can okay. you can find Georgian wines. Did you find um, the expat community in Georgia to be predominantly Americans, or were it were was it people Americans, from all over? Yeah, I'd say I'd say forty percent Americans, sixty percent fifty percent Western European, ten okay. percent you know Iranian, Turkish. Uh, the yeah. Middle Eastern countries. Did you uh, find that there was a Texan mystique that you were treated with uh, based on, uh, you know, movie caricatures so, of our fellow yes, citizens? Yes, that's a good question. Uh, and I don't know how true this is, but I've been told that some of the few Western movies that were allowed during during Soviet times were, mm -hmm. uh, were, uh, um, were John Wayne movies. Oh, sure. Right, John Wayne. <laughs> Just building on the myth, right. right? And so, yeah, of course, a lot of those are set in Texas. So every, yeah, every taxi I'd get into, sure. you know, if we started talking, they asked where I'm from, and yeah, I said Texas. Everybody, you know, <laughs> pretended like they were pulling out a pistol. Yeah, they, 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 they ate, they ate it up. Like all of the, all of the worst and best stereotypes, everybody knows. And you know, I got, I was already, I was already formed. Sure. They already had a impression of me. Or For sure. What they at least thought. Did you find that to be door they opening had, or door closing? Um, or neither. Among Georgians, door mm -hmm. opening. Okay. Among the, among the <laughs> highfalutin mm -hmm. academia of the within the expat community right uh um sometimes door closing sure because they would you know i'd automatically get pegged as, mm -hmm. as this ultra right wing for sure uh, you know super conservative mm -hmm. uh um guy but you know they uh that that <laughs> that crowd can be kind of presumptuous sometimes but yeah i, I didn't give a shit. have uh i have french cousins and they live in the south of France. My, my cousin, who's by yeah. blood, who actually married the Frenchman, yeah. his name is Pierre Chevalier, by mm -hmm. the way, which is a perfect French name, right? Mm -hmm. My cousin's name, her nickname is Day. Yeah. And we went over to visit a while back. And um, it was a treat to be Texans there because the French, this is again, a small town in France, right? Not, not right. a metropol metropolitan city, but a small town in France. Yeah. They were like, you guys are cowboys. This is so fun to meet you. Yeah, we right. want to kind of be around the Texans. and. Um, when we went to went to Paris, it was a little different reception, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. My yeah, cousin's sure, husband I'm happens sure. to be a pig farmer, so we uh, have a lot yeah, to talk yeah, about, right? Yeah. Uh, and, but in 300-year-old barns, it was fascinating that's to, pretty cool. to experience that. That's um, pretty cool. But yeah, the, the it's, it's no surprise. Well, I mean, that's anywhere in the world. Right. When you get into a, a more, um, you know, higher population density, you know, really just some West and mm -hmm. uh, develop, developed countries. The, uh, um, usually the more liberal it gets, which isn't always a bad thing. Right. Um, um, but what is the what is the government of Georgia like? Is it a demo, is it a democracy? Is it a thugocracy? What kind of what kind of people are running the country? They have a, an interesting history. And right now, the president is, they have a female president, uh, Salome Zurabashvili. Um, I got that last Is that all right. one? That last last word was all one last yeah, name. Yeah, Zurabashvili. Okay. If I'm even getting that right, okay. uh, I don't think anybody listening is going to correct you. <laughs> and um, 
so I mean, I think that says something. They elect, For you know, sure. in a general election, they elected a female, even in an extremely patriarchal society right. over there. I mean, it's extremely macho. I've never okay. been to a more macho place <laughs> in the world. Uh, Which says something uh, coming from yeah, South Texas. I, I, I mean, you, you regularly, uh, you don't have to, but you know, the, you know, there are bar fights, bar fights every night. And nobody blinks an eye. I mm-hmm. mean, you, you know, you'll you carry on your conversation like we would right now, with <laughs> bottles flying over your head. Sure. Oh, um, um, so the government, uh, so early 90s, they had a civil war between a guy named um, uh, Zviad Gomsikordia and Eduard Shevardnadze, mm-hmm. a foreign, a f- a former uh, foreign minister mm-hmm. for the uh, uh, Soviet Union. Um, I think he was head of KGB. I'm not sure, but at one point it was H.W. Bush's counterpart before okay. he before he was Reagan's VP, right. and uh, they they were great friends during the Cold War. They're good sure. buddies, and so when the when the wall fell, immediately um, um, James Baker and H.W. Bush offered a helping hand to uh, mm-hmm. to to Shevardnadze, and so they they came in and uh, you know. Try to reform the country, and Shevardnadze, he, he had a hard, he had a, he got dealt a tough hand, and yeah, he went mm-hmm. out. He he was not popular when he, he went out. Two thousand three, Rose, okay. Ro, was it three or four, the Rose Revolution. Mm-hmm. So then you have a a guy named uh, uh, Misha Saakashvili come in, okay. super pro. I mean, him super pro West, loves mm-hmm. America, uh, big Bush guy. Um, and started off really well. Um, that was, um, I think, United National Movement. And then, you know, he just he stays in power a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so his tail is tale as old as time, right? Right, right. And Overstay the welcome. Yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, and just gets a little, gets a little power hungry, you know. Uh, they had the 2008 war as well. Mm-hmm. His big deal was he went into, uh, there was a separatist region called Ajara, and a guy running it named uh, Aslan Abashidze. Okay. And he was he was running it like his own fiefdom. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a week or month after he became president, he rolled some tanks into Ajara. And, Just uh, asking for it, right? Yeah, and they put him down. Mm-hmm. Aslan, Aslan ran. He's in, I think he's... Moscow right now, or dead, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know what happened to Aslan, mm-hmm. but, um, so it was real popular, you know, because he brought a jar back in, okay. they started paying their taxes again, um, and um, so people liked him at first, but then, you know, power went to his head, and, you know, he's a big personality, young guy, um, and just went off the rails, kind of, seems like. So... George's billionaire, they have to elect their only billionaire, right? Sure, comes, of he course, steps of up, course. he comes in right. next. Bits, Sacrificial. Benzina uh-huh. Ivanishvili comes in and, you know, the thing with Ivanishvili, the thing with Ivanishvili, and I, I'm, I'm good friends with his, with his former head of security, okay. um, Eldar Gogoladze, and um, you know, they, they, had a, they had a falling out when, you know, Eldar's a nationalist, he mm-hmm. loves Georgia, and and Bidzina, I think 
base of operations for Car2 Group is like banking and steel, whatever is conglomerate, sure. right? Um, is 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 uh, I think they're I think they're yeah. He made all his money in Russia. Long story short, okay. right? Made all his money in Russia. Keeps it in France and London, and just you know, right? So they uh, there's two occupied regions of Georgia: South Ossetia and Abkhazia. Okay. Right? So most ninety percent of Georgians hate the Russians. Hate them. They're, they're the occupiers. They're sure. taking up 30% of the country. Right. And so there's a lot of, uh, you know, verifiable, uh, I think, evidence of, mm -hmm. of, of Georgian dream, of the current ruling party's uh, uh, ties to Russia. Okay. Um, and so I don't know. I don't know. I don't, they didn't get elected because of that, obviously, because mm -hmm. people wouldn't have abided by it. They just wanted to get Saakashvili out, and these guys stepped up. But... It's kind of been, uh, I think, becoming. Uh, oh, what am I trying to say? The, the 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 Georgian people don't like the ties to Russia right sure. now with the current government. Sure. Um, yeah, it's a you know things could change overnight. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I saw a couple of you know nothing nothing that went too far, but I saw a couple of revolution attempts. You mm -hmm. know, some protests that got pretty serious. Oh. Uh, um, um, yeah, I mean something's going to happen there. I, I, sure. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know if the next election is going going to be peaceful or okay. not. Um, Do you find that the as a when you were on the ground, so to speak, in Georgia, did you find the the Western influence or the U.S. influence to be one that was accepted or rejected or strongly yeah, felt a, a, even among among the youth? Absolutely. Okay. You know, like like we had. At our bar over there, we we all of the, you know, we had a ton of, yeah, you know, we had a lot of, we had a ton of Georgian customers. Um, you know, of course, it's all people that learned English, right? Sure. So it's all right. young. It's a, you know, ninety-five percent of those are young people, okay. you know, under thirty. And um, so yeah, people love. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, even during Soviet times, people wanted Levi's and Coca-Cola, right? Sure. Like that's never going to change. Right. Like we 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 determine pop culture. That's yeah. just. Now it's, I don't know how, if that's how it's always going to be, but you know, that's how it's been so far, mm -hmm. since the 50s at least. What you got know? you into the journalism side of things when you were in Georgia? I, I uh, you know, I was intrigued by all these people I was hanging around mm -hmm. with, and, and uh, it's like, man, I kinda, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna do that. Like, these are exciting guys with a mm -hmm. lot of interesting stories, and and so, really, that was my inspiration, is like seeing these other people and wanting to emulate them in some sense. Um, and, um, and then, you know, God bless him, Will, Will Cathcart kind of took me under his wing. I never would have published anything if it wasn't for Will Cathcart, you know. How did y'all meet? Um, uh, it's probably a dive bar, you know. <laughs> right. um, At the center of it all. Every, yeah. met every, everybody met everybody there. Where is um, Will from? Will's from South Carolina. Okay. Yeah. Um, so two pretty southern guys meeting right. in Georgia, not the state of Georgia, but the country of Georgia, mm -hmm. right? Sounds like a a joke is fixing to happen, but instead, right, a, la all, a lasting all, friendship. It's all, a, it's all a big joke, right? Like that's what. So when you were when you were getting started, were you and Will working together on stories, or how did you? Yeah. So Will you, was Will was running a newspaper um, with some, yeah. You know, kind of uh, somewhat shady funding all right you know um, 
I don't know where it was coming from. I never really asked him. He's probably going to listen Perhaps to this. Perhaps apropos for Maybe he'll tell me. <laughs> it was definitely very pro-Georgia. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <right>. <laughs> they still had to make it seem like a real newspaper. Sure. So we'd have like restaurant reviews. and Fair, the, fair, right. The, the, the sports scores and oh, shit like it. that right. in there, you know. But at the same time, Will was very well. So he was editor of that magazine. Okay. And then, uh, and then was also, um, I think he was editor. He was editor at some point in time. <laughs> um, but but was also very well published in you know dozen yeah. two dozen other uh, ma- you know major publications right. as well. So he was a go-to guy for you know if 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 CNN or Daily Beast or Vice needed something mm-hmm. for some reason in the caucuses, He's Will the Will, Will was okay. their Will was their man and um, and. Um, you know, did some stuff for Nat Geo out there. Mm-hmm. Real in- interesting cat. Um, how did he find himself? Uh, and perhaps eventually we'll sure. have him on the podcast too. But how did he find himself in Georgia? He actually uh, was excited I was coming on. He saw like <laughs> he, was, he was stalking me on Twitter. Perfect. Uh, saw saw your post and and uh, and he was like, "Hey, are you gonna do this?" Good. Like, yeah. Good. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So you got to have him on. Will would be great. Be He's a really interesting guy. Um, so Will was running a newspaper called the Charleston Mercury, okay. old newspaper yeah. in Charleston, oh, yeah. and uh, we just had an article in there about the Ukrainian awesome. war. Um, they did a good job with a with a phenomenal omission of an Oxford comma that makes oh, me seem really badass. No, no. I have um, to say I'm totally a pro Oxford comma. Mm-hmm. I write all day long. My job in the law firm is writing, so. I, I don't get into these debates often, but I, I'll I'm not sh- afraid to talk cr- a little bit about Oxford Comma. up when I show you this. It's <laughs> phenomenal. It makes me seem a lot cooler than I actually am. Um, I like to say Oxford Comma because it makes me feel smart, but I'm probably going to edit right. that out of the podcast. <laughs> so Will calls the lead up to the 2008 war. Really? Okay. Like, like play by play wow. in advance, right? I don't know. It was... Mm. You know, you know, divine intervention. I don't know right. what happened, but but he, uh, you know, she's like, this is what's going to happen. And he said, yeah, Will said it was going to last nine days. It lasted eight. Amazing. He said, he said, just step by step, laid it all out. Right. Wow. wow. And and uh, somehow, some way, the Georgian government gets like contacts him. I, I, <laughs> I, I forget the full story, but somehow they contact him. Like, we want you to come over and work for right. us. Right, we're going to need so, you over here. And so then he was he was media advisor to President Saakashvili for a few no years, and uh, and so worked for the Georgian government, and knows all the dirt. He hasn't told sure. me half of it, and uh, and that's why he's kind of dangerous to travel with sometimes. Right. You right. know, they'll look him up, and yeah, I've seen Will get pulled off a couple of trains before. Wow. And, well, when you know and, where the bodies are buried, mm-hmm. you know, and you're. A freelancer of sorts. Yeah, make people nervous. Yeah, I don't know how he gets out of it, but mm-hmm. what story. was one of the more exciting things that you covered as a journalist when you were in Georgia before you came oh, back over here? The uh, there's an ancient game called Lelo. Lelo. L e l o. Yeah, that's how we would spell it. Okay. But, you know, but, English language. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can speak some Georgian, but I can't read or write. Um, is it, a, is it a, let me interrupt real quick, I'm so, sorry. Is it a cryptic language like Russian, so it has letters? Is that yeah, what it's so, called? So it's, got a, it's not Cyrillic. It's, Cyrillic, it's, 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 Kart, it's in the Kartvelian language okay. family. So it's its own language family. It's got, you know, I don't know, 
30, 40 languages okay. un under it. You know, Svan, Udi. Uh, my, uh, my friend Tom Weir, the linguist, would be ashamed of me <laughs> for only being able to name three. Tommy, uh, welcome, uh, you're welcome to come on and correct Mag us. Magrellian. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then jo Georgian, our, our Kartvelian, as they would okay. call it, of course. Um, and sorry to interrupt. No, 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 that's all right. Okay, so we we for so Vice Vice Will pitches the story to Vice. This game's been going on. Some people say a thousand years. Mm -hmm. Some people say three thousand years. But a long, long time. Right. This game's been going on. So we go to this village called. Oh my God, I can't remember the name. It's going to come to me. Um, anyways, we go to this village, right? And there's. It's like an upper and lower. They're on a river. There's two sides of this okay. village, right? And then, yeah, for the past thousand years or whatever, they have been all the men from one side <laughs> of the village, you know, like 800 of them, right. all the men from the other side of the village meet, meet in the uh -huh. middle of town, and they make a ball, this big leather ball. Okay. This thing weighs like 50 pounds, 40 pounds, mm -hmm. or something like that, super heavy. And, uh, you know, it's leather, and they, they pour, like, you know, they slaughter a goat. And pour sure. <laughs> priest blesses it and they pour they pour goat's right. blood in, in, into it and then sew it up and then the priest goes to the middle of the horde there's a you know a thousand men there and right. then he drops the ball and there are no rules You're no rules so one side has to get the ball to the other side okay. somebody dies every year every single Gosh. year every single year somebody <laughs> dies usually it's like a heart attack because some like well, 75 year old fans sure. playing but like sometimes it's yeah, man got trampled mm. and suffocated. Oh my that. Word. But tons of like broken, with the tons bulls, of broken right? limbs and okay. stuff like that. So, so of course, it's right at Vice's alley. So, of course. You know, so, you know, um, so, uh, well to do it. Will calls me. He's like, "Hey, I need a photographer. Come mm. out." And it's like, "Yeah, sounds awesome. Of course, let's do it. Sign, Absolutely. Sign me up." Right. And so, so, uh, so we, so we go out. We go out a couple days early, and everybody's. Putting their everybody, it's like they're getting ready for a hurricane. <laughs> like everybody's like putting shit on the roof because there's no rules. You can go through. Right. You can go through. Like they'll either board their windows or open them up. No because, way. Because right. the the game can like people will go through houses and buildings and businesses. No way. And, and, no uh, way. And uh, and then everybody's drunk. Sure. Um, you're drinking wine the entire time out of bullhorn, <laughs> out of you know, hollowed out bullhorns. Sounds incredible. Yeah. And uh, and so um, you know, it's all co bad compound fracture. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I I didn't whoever whoever died that year, I didn't see him. But I'm yeah, so right. it happens every year. So and then like all all so all the women in the village will go behind the horde mm -hmm. like their side, and like if there's a big push, all the women <laughs> will come in and start pushing on pushing it. on the back. Oh, that's great. awesome. There's no rule against girls yeah. playing, but it's just yeah, like I said, super mm -hmm. super macho, and that's out in the that's out in the village. So yeah, yeah. in Tbilisi, it's still very uh, you know male centric, but mm -hmm. you know you. You uh, you got to the village and it's like the eighteen you twenties know, sure. or something. So. so were you were you already interested in photography when you met Will, or was that something you kind of picked no, up as a no, hobby no, while you were over there? Just kind of picked it up then. Okay. You know, it's like man, I I, I really uh, I don't have the discipline to to like write consistently or anything. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a few articles. There's nothing nothing I'm too proud of, but. Um, it's like, well, this is my kind of this is my avenue into this world. Right. Um, right. Without without having without having to be a great writer, 
and so that's that's that was my perspective on it. Mm -hmm. So, um, so did Vice publish the Lolo article? Oh yeah, oh okay. yeah. The yeah, it was, I think the title was the Easter Blood Sport where people beat the shit <laughs> out of each other or something like that. Some classic uh, Vice you know. headline, right? Mm -hmm. Of course. Uh, um, the Eastern Cage Match in Georgia, right? Yeah. Only it's an entire set of yeah. a town of people. Uh, um, yeah, that was wild. So, that what brought wild. you back home to Corpus? Um, you know, I was, uh, I was looking at it, and I was like, man, you know, I don't know, but mm -hmm. it was just, it was wild, it was totally wild, and and also, like, it's like, all right, like, I'm living very well off the bar, and, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, anything else I make here, but, like, at the end of the day, it's like, man, this is barely, I could barely eat back, right. back home in America. <laughs> right. It's like, so either I'm yeah. going to do this for the rest of my right. life, or I need to go back home and and you know get a real job, make some money, and mm -hmm. I can go, I can go back over in fifteen years or twenty years or something sure. like that and, uh, and and do it again. Kind of true expat mm -hmm. style, right? Mm -hmm. In retirement, so to speak. So when you got back, what did you start to do? What was your interest in, and what was your business plan? Well, uh, I just uh, came back, kind of trying to figure that out for a few months. Well, you know, I've got a little bit of experience in the in the bar industry, mm -hmm. so I opened a bar, Goldfish, of course. Right. And ran that for a couple of years, and then sold it to uh, yeah, Houston and Mike here, who mm -hmm. are doing a doing a phenomenal job. And uh, I'm glad I glad I. There's people I didn't want to sell it to, and there's <laughs> people I did want to sell it right. to because I'm you know sure. I have an emotional attachment Absolutely. to this place. Yeah, of course, should. I love sure. it. I built it. You know? <clears throat> right. Oh, um, so I, uh, I, uh, yeah, I'm glad they said yes, mm -hmm. and Good. I think it seems like they're doing very well. So um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very impressed by what they've done. Good. Uh, uh, yeah. That's good when you mm -hmm. can let your kind of a dream project. When you know it's time for it to go to somebody else, you yeah. have to go to people that you trust to kind of carry the legacy. Right. Right. Um, sure. uh, yeah. They and they've done that and only made it better, in my opinion. So you mentioned earlier that you do some real estate work. What kind of real estate work have you been into, and how? What what kind of sparked your interest in that? Well, you know, uh, I like you know growing up in the billboard it, mm -hmm. billboard business, residual income, sure. things like that. Oh, uh, um, I was like, yeah, that's the ticket. Thank, thank there. you, by the way, for not calling yeah. it passive income. Yeah, right. <laughs> because residual income mm -hmm. takes a bucket load of work to right, get there. Right. Right. Maybe I'm using the wrong term. It's probably I probably should have said passive. Nope. Residual uh, income is the right term. I don't um, like the term passive income because I feel like it implies that someone doesn't have to do much for it to happen, and I don't think that's true. Because you mentioned earlier, you have to go when you were talking about the about Cooper Outdoor itself. You had to go and get leases and oh, do the paperwork. Oh, there's a ton of work. There's the a ton of work, work that there. goes right. into it. My my dad and my uncle built that business, you know, through. Yeah, just sheer right. power of will. Exactly. That's what I, I mean. It's not I, couldn't, passive. I couldn't do what they right. what they did. Built built that. I built some signs, but those guys went crazy. I don't know how they did it. Um, but you know that was like, all right, I like the billboard deal, but like I'm not going to do it on my own. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, because I'm not going to compete with Cooper, and sure. I'm not going to drive to some area of the state that we're not open with. Right. You know, and like try to build signs out there. So it's a rental house, and so I bought, okay. I bought, bought, started buying rental properties. 
before the prices got crazy. I haven't bought. <laughs> I haven't bought. I've bought now. some land in the last couple of years, but just like foreclosures, tax sales, okay. stuff like that. But you know, nothing income producing. Mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, but I got the rentals at a good time. I mean, good. I, I could I could sell out right now, and, and I'm not going to, of course. Mm -hmm. But you know, those 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 are, uh, uh, you know, I've done very well. Have you developed properties from scratch, from the ground up? Yeah, so Greer Gottlich and I um, are building houses in Aransas Pass mm -hmm. right now. Awesome. So we, uh, what was attractive about Aransas Pass? I, I thought everybody always on Aransas uh -huh. Pass, right? And I and I'm I've always been I've always the last like three years I've been very bullish on on AP. Yeah. It was it's like a it's great place. Coming, it like, is. Yeah. Like there's too much industry in Ingleside. Yep. Rockport Port A is getting too expensive. Mm -hmm. It's AP's coming. It's got you. So I, we got in there. I could not we, agree with we you were, more. And we were yes. stealing stuff. Good. I mean, you know, we were paying. <laughs> you know, we were getting properties for free. Oh, you I know. love it. Of course. We paid. I paid 50 right. bucks for a lot no one way. time. Yeah, with You're utilities. Yeah, sure. You know, oh, wow. And then most of them were, you know. Right. Yeah. More than that, of course. But sure. yeah, maybe, a, you know, pay a thousand bucks or something or 500. Unreal. Yeah, just, just crazy. So I yeah. wish you my only regrets not buying more. Sure. Um. Um, but there's still some deals out there. I just I just got another lot out there. It's 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 not great, but you know, mm -hmm. for 450 bucks, if it was in Chernobyl, I'd still I mean, buy it. That's about uh, right. <laughs> that's uh, about right. Um, anyways, we're building some houses out there, okay. and and I've been more on the land acquisition mm -hmm. side. I help where I can with the houses, but you know, Greer's got the vision for that. Right. Um, we kind of both he, bring he a can, good partnership to yeah, it, right? He's he, got experience with that, can, and you've got experience on the land side. Yeah. Yeah. He can put. You can really put the houses together, and I uh, I just try to help where I can okay. as far as the, where the construction goes uh, as far as the construction goes I mean mm -hmm. um, um, so yeah so cool. built a few out there mm -hmm. still going I think we're going to start just building to rent out there and holding on to it because sure. I don't want to sell all this land and then in 10 right. years AP's getting it is your getting, vision getting, comes getting, to fruition, getting, right? Getting Rockport or yeah. uh, they just built a Starbucks. Uh, they, they built a Starbucks out there. It's like I was <laughs> it's happening. I That's was right. right. Next Chick Fil A, really, and then you know, yeah. right? Then your yeah. then your predictions are correct for yeah. sure. Um, I think with with uh, with AP, it's one of those hidden gems, right? It it just needs something. It's it's in a, in a sense, it's like Corp is only smaller, obviously, but yeah. it just needs that push, right. right? And it takes the visionaries that are willing to invest up front and right. take the risk and say, okay, I'm going to be yeah. here. I'm going to make the things happen here that I think need to happen, and then that push kind of takes it to that next level. And yeah, I I agree. Um, you know, there's. You know, they need some more retail. There's a couple sure. places over there, but I mean, it's just it would be a bad idea to like you know, go put a. I mean, there's some bars, there, right? Course, and some restaurants sure. there, of course, but you know, their time um, will come. Yeah, right. You know, like you know the you know, like the butter churn, right. stuff like that. <laughs> I love like, the butter really churn. Bought, I love the butter right. churn too. But right. you know, you know, like like we don't have. They, it's going to be a while, but thank you before they get. Right. You know these. Uh, People hate the word gentrification, but sometimes it's a good thing. I have a good friend that I met when I was working in College Station before moving over here, whose father, they live in Madisonville oh, now, Sorry. but his uh, her father is from AP and got recruited to play football out at Sam Houston, so they, oh, yeah. and he kind of stayed out in that area of Texas, but they just recently 
sold their house because they couldn't get uh, what they needed from insurance after Harvey. Right. But he is, um, if you want to talk about a guy that's bullish on AP, that guy is bullish on AP. And I know if his, as an oil and gas business has taken some hits. So if, yeah. that, if that hadn't taken some hits, yeah. he'd be buying all of AP that he could buy of all, all right. of AP. And this is a kid like that, that, that just grew up there, right? When it was just little AP, kind of an afterthought. And now he's like, this is- where the crackheads are, right? Exactly. And now he's like, this is going to be, this has the potential to grow like a rock port. Uh, right, 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 it does. Oh, uh, there's, well, some, there's the some good people, there's some good people in city government over there, mm-hmm. and there's some bad people. Uh, but, sure. you know, there's, there's, there's some people with vision and, uh, right. and, a, and trying to take in the right direction, and they'll ultimately prevail. For sure. You know. Cause they're like they're business owners mm-hmm. over there too. Like like it's in their best interest. Of course, they're motivated to make the place sure. as good as they can. I have um, a good friend who's a lawyer over there, mm-hmm. and uh, some of the clients that come through his office, and some of them used to come through for like DWIs for doing stupid stuff, right? Now they're coming through for venture deals. Okay. And they're starting to kind of come back for what would be considered more big business, big right. growth kind of stuff. And I think that's kind of the harbinger of what's to come, what you and Greer are doing yeah. and what this guy, his clients are working on. Those kinds of things are what make those little cities to yeah. make that turn or yeah. kind of pop. And it's coming, it'll yeah. happen to AP. I, I, I think so. Like I said, my, my biggest fear is selling what we have over there mm-hmm. before before we hit the, you know, if there's a peak. Sure. You know, sell, selling too early. So you've got things going here. You, you've bought and built and then, or developed and then sold the goldfish. Got real estate going on. Yeah. What in the world took you back to the Ukraine or over to the Ukraine right yeah. before Russia decided to invade? Well, I lost a hundred dollar bet that Russia <laughs> was was not going to invade. Just a- I, I, I said I said they weren't. Mark, I told Mark Zagy they're not going to invade. Okay. They're posturing. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get something. I don't know what it is, but they're going to ask for that. And, sure. Uh, and and but yeah, sure enough, I was wrong. Uh, but to answer your question. Uh, Will Cathcart, mm-hmm. um, I told him five, six weeks ago, I said, hey, you know, if you, if you head over there, let me know, I'm coming. I was okay. kind of half joking. <laughs> right. And sure enough, I get the message, I gotta go. I'm going. I right. gotta yeah. go, I gotta yeah. go. So, you know, buy the ticket, 24 hours later, I'm on a flight. Um, let's, let's take a pause here and talk about what's happening in your personal life here. You've got a two-year-old son, yeah. you're kind of working on your business here in town. Yeah. And decide. Okay, you know what makes sense? Let's go see what's going to happen in Ukraine. Right. Talk, I, uh, walk us through that thought process a little I've bit. I've always, I've always said that everybody wants to make their parents proud, right. right? I want my son to be proud of me. Sure. I want, I want as vain as it sounds. I, I want him. I want to be the cool dad. Sure. <laughs> well, I mean, this know? is very Ernest Hemingway right I now, have, Robert. I want to have some <laughs> stories. Sure. Right. Uh, Todd, how you doing? So um, I, uh, I, uh, where was I? Um, you were getting ready to go. Will yeah, called so you we and go, said, Will we're called going, me and I buy a ticket. So, all right, let's go. Yeah. Yeah, round trip ticket, Houston to Istanbul, Istanbul to Odessa, same way back. And then, so we start off in Odessa. We, uh, what country is Odessa in? Odessa's in Ukraine. Okay. It's a port city. Okay. Ukraine. And, uh, we, um, we, uh, you know, fly in. Odessa is a phenomenal city. Great nightlife, great cocktail bars. Okay. We're hanging out at Bar Fitz there, named after Fitzgerald, their sister bar Zelda's <laughs> around the corner. Like, it was a cool spot. That's awesome. Right? Yeah. So, 
look, all right, we got it. It's like this is fun and all, but we got to we got to head east and go and get our story. And um, so we got on a 19-hour train. Oh my gosh! To the east, and um, stuff's building up. It's starting to get heavy there. I'm nervous. Sure. What date? What day? Uh, what day of the month? I don't are remember. I don't remember. Okay. Um, I lost all track of time sure. when I was there. I did. Yeah, I guess that would have been the 24th, 20th, February 5th, 26th, okay. something like that. I, I don't know. I could, I could find out, but I'm not going to look it up. Days right before the invasion. All right, two days before the invasion. Okay. So, we get to uh, we get to Mariupol on the east. They've been fighting close to Mariupol, you okay. know, 20, 30 miles outside of town. But nothing in Mar. Mariupol's been safe for the last eight years. So, I, I, we're trying to get a contact on the front with some guys fighting, and so I, uh, I was like, you know, I was trying to think of which Ukrainians I know. So, right. an old bartender from Tbilisi worked at dive bar. A guy named. Like, I wonder. <laughs> and like he, 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 he was like real involved during the May 2014 Maidan revolution. Okay. It's like maybe he knows somebody out there. Sure. So, so you and Will are off after a story, we're, trying to find someone. Right, to we're at the there. Spartak Hotel, hanging okay. out. Yeah, every journalist in the world is hanging out at Spartak Hotel, and um, so they were trying to find a contact that can get us past the checkpoints because mm-hmm. you can't just waltz out there. They have three checkpoints. Okay. And the three checkpoints being Ukrainian checkpoints. Ukrainian, or okay. Ukrainian checkpoints. I don't know what they have on the Russian side. They probably okay. have checkpoints too. I don't know, but so we uh, we're on the separatist side. Um, so we. Uh, so I call him. He's like, "Yeah, I know somebody that's right, like, 45 minutes away from me. They're right there." And so he's like, "I'm gonna put you in touch." And so, sure enough, we get a phone call from the commander of this group uh, called Third Force. Okay. And they're it's an irregular, old special forces. Do not like the old geriatric. They're guys right, like right. in their late know. 30s, early exactly. 40s, right? Still quite and capable. And then one gal. Right. Oh, they are the most capable. Like insane. <laughs> Like these guys, these uh-huh. guys were responsible for 25% of Russian casualties in 2021. No way. Yeah, 15 wow. men and one woman. Wow. And they had a lot of high-tech gear too. That mm. was not bought in the Ukraine. <laughs> right. Like I don't know. <laughs> where, I don't sourced. know where they're getting it. They wouldn't tell us. <laughs> sure. But, uh, sure. Yeah, they had some great thermal optics. 338 right. Lapua's 50 cals. You wow. Know, 100 anti-tank. Mines, hundred anti-personnel right. mines, RPG sevens out the, um, oh my you know, all kinds of anti-tank guided sure. missile stuff. So, and their base was at a where, not a warehouse. And their base was at a house. Uh, really? And I can't say the name of the town. That's fair. Um, um, anyways, back to Anton. So Anton's like, yeah, I got a guy who's gonna call you soon. And sure enough, he calls us. The guy, the commander, grows. Okay. Goes, goes, yeah. Which, through, which through I'm tra- assuming is a code name or something, yeah, right? Through okay. translate, and he goes, he goes, he goes. Frodo called me and said you're a friend. <laughs> I said, who's Frodo? <laughs> <laughs> and, and he goes, Frodo. Right. And uh, and so, so I go, oh yeah, Frodo. Right. Uh huh. Uh-huh. He could have told me that. Right. Name, right. His code name was Frodo. Was <laughs> that would have been helpful. Anyway, helpful information. Right. Anyways, anyways, <laughs> he's like, I'll pick you guys up at eight, eight a.m. Okay tomorrow morning. So anyways, Will and I, you know, we're sitting there at 8 a.m. Sure enough, Land Cruiser pulls up and, you know, a bunch of dudes with guns right. jump out. You know, grows. He goes, Robert. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Get in. 
So we do get they, in. Do they have English speakers with them that are translating for you? At that point, you? no. Okay. I'll get to that. I'll get okay, to that. Okay. So we're all, we're using all we have. We have cell service, okay. or Will does. Um, so we uh, we uh, we. Yeah, so we're using like Google Translate, okay, right? Okay. And um, notoriously mm -hmm. accurate, of course, Google Translate. <laughs> we're getting it done. We're getting it done. It's, it's happening. Working. Okay. Okay. Uh, get the port across. So we go. We go through the checkpoints. We get to their base. We, uh, you know, do some interviews on. You know, you're trying to use Google Translate. Sure. And you know, there's some shells going off in the background. Right. And all that stuff. Yeah. You know, there's a firefight in the next valley over. Nothing too close. Um, what are and, you thinking uh, right now? What are you thinking at the time? Was like, yeah, this is awesome. Okay. Yeah, I was like, this is just what we came for. We're not All too right. close. They're far away. Yeah. They're right there. These guys aren't worried. I'm not worried. Right. They've been okay. there eight years. It remind it reminded me of the what was a Nietzsche quote, the you know, you know, do not battle the monsters lest ye become one. Right. And if you stare into the abyss, the abyss will also stare back. back. Right. So these guys, <laughs> these guys were just—they've been out. They've been out there so long. Robert, that's wild. They were stone cold killers. Mm -hmm. You know, they loved us, fed us well. They're good guys. So we get our story. That's a—that's the fast version. But is Will? We, is we are y'all commissioned for this story, or is it a story you're working at this point, on? That you're we, to sell? At this point, we've sold it to Daily Beast. Okay. Yeah, we went out as freelance, but we're like, hey, we're here right now. Like, right. like, yeah. like, it's time. You guys don't have anybody here. Right. Like, <laughs> exactly. You know, hire us. Right. Uh, so they did. Okay, good. And uh, so we're like, all right, we got our story. We're great. Like, let's go back tomorrow. We're there for like 14 or 15 hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got great pictures, great interviews, great story, right? We're done. We're like, all right, let's go back to Mariupol, and tomorrow we're going to haul us back to Odessa and party. Right, and, uh, right. And then that night, around 1, 2 a.m., get woken up to the invasion. Sure. You know, if, you know, right. The, the, the big booms coming. Mm -hmm. A little closer than over the mountains this time. Still farther away, but you know, you know it was coming. Uh, at the base, they were pretty close. So... But you know, you knew they 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 hadn't then uh, fired artillery that far into uh, past the point of contact, you know, I guess ever, and mm -hmm. uh, and so you knew the invasion started. So you know, I go back to sleep, get up at seven, six, seven the next morning, mm -hmm. and, and you know the lobby's really hectic. Everybody's putting on their armor. You know, Al Jazeera, BBC, everybody's there. Wow. Uh, Richard, you had a hard-boiled egg with Richard Engel, <laughs> you know, from NBC. Right. And uh, uh, he's a nice guy, by yeah, the way. He was, real, he was real nice. It was, it was a pleasure getting to know him. Mm -hmm. I didn't get to know him, but like right. I interacted with him a couple times, and he seemed real nice. That's good. Uh, so anyways, all right, we got our driver coming. Right. So he shows up, and of course the price has gone up. Can't blame him. Sure. Uh, and like, yeah, no problem. Let's just right. haul ass. And, I'm like, if we can get past the Crimea, Crime, that stretch of the Crimean Peninsula, we're in the far east, we're trying to head far west, okay. right? So if we can get over the Crimean Peninsula, we'll be, like, we'll probably be all right. Right. Like, there's a bridge I'm looking at, I was like, they're going to be fighting over this bridge. There's an airstrip just to the north of it. Like, I was like, it's like, this is where it's oh, going to go down. Man, sure. And, uh, and sure enough, uh, we pull into uh, this village just on the other side of Kherson and it's 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 uh we pull up to this Ukrainian uh not heavy armor but they had BMP1s BMP2s uh infantry fighting vehicles uh, 
um, you know, fuel trucks, troop transport vehicles, all that stuff. Uh, Ukrainian army column, right? Oh my gosh. Military column, and and right. uh, and then the Ru the Russians. I was expecting them to attack from the north or mm -hmm. from the south, and they attack from the north. And then, so we get caught in this horrific firefight. Everything's on fire, right? right. Russians always open, always open with a with a big the always open and end with a big with a big uh, 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 artillery. Mm -hmm. uh, Barrage, so and sure enough, we're pulling in. There's smoke everywhere. The oh, they must have started early because uh, every okay. there's forest fires on both sides of us. Everything's burnt. Are we talking like buildings, cars, or no? Just or the land forest around. at this point. Okay. They weren't they okay. weren't hitting the buildings at this point. Okay. Um, but we get stuck in this column. Right. And and it's the last place you want to be. Right. Right. And when the firefight starts, and it's like because sometimes sometimes <laughs> where do we go? Right? Yeah. So we turn around, and start heading back east, but there's a tank in front of us, and we can't get, we can't get, oh we gosh. can't get, we can't get past it. You know, there's bullets flying over mm -hmm. the car, all around the car. Uh, I'm laying down in the back seat. Oh my gosh. Oh, uh, uh, so we turn around, we head back, we keep bouncing back and forth and getting stuck, mm -hmm. and then we finally, we finally, this is all in a matter of 15 minutes, probably. Oh my gosh, right. Um, so we, we're heading back. We head back east probably, I don't know, 500 yards, not mm -hmm. far. We're just trying to find a place to pull over and hide. Okay. And uh, a trucker, we'd slow down. There's a trucker, a guy on foot. We're starting to see bodies. Oh, mm. uh, um, guy gets, uh, guy starts yelling at the car. He jumps in. There's a trucker, you know, just a random civilian. Mm -hmm. uh, so he jumps in, we keep hauling at um, you know, handing the bottle of cognac. <laughs> right. And, uh, <laughs> and then he tells us, he's like, my truck is parked over here. It might be a good place to hide. Gosh. So we, so we, so we, uh, so we pull over and Alexi, our driver, who speaks very little English, is trying to communicate to mm -hmm. us. So I don't know if that's exactly what he said, but I knew he was telling us to park okay. next to where all these, there's probably a dozen trucks parked there. And, uh, so we pull over and Will and I, the battle at this point has moved over us. Mm -hmm. We're trying to get away, but it's moved over us. And so to the south of the Ukrainians and to the north of the Russians, oh and they're shooting at each other. Sure. And we're right in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. So Will and I get out of the car and we sprint towards the back of this truck. And it's, you know, it's a, this 18 wheeler is a, the, the, um, the trailer has a tailgate, you yeah, know, right. it's not like the, 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 like the ones we have here, right? So we, um, so we jump, we jump in the back of the truck. There's a bunch of old tires in there, so kind of barricade ourselves in. A couple rounds come through the truck. Oh my gosh! Oh, uh, um, they're hitting the street signs right. next to us. Right. Yeah, it was crazy. Oh so I'm God. looking at this house, this yeah. concrete structure, like 150, 200 yards mm -hmm. away. Like, man, that's where we. It's like that's right. where we need to be. We need to be at that spot. So we. So the fight kind of keeps moving east a little mm. bit, and then we're like, all right, this is a good time to go. So we jump, I each, you know, right. my leg my <laughs> leg was hurt for like a week. Oh my you gosh. know, um, this big bruise wasn't, wasn't bad. Um, but, but I fell pretty hard. Sure. Um, that's my point. Um, so, you know, we sprint to this house, we run under this crawl space. You know, the farmer, another, or a farmer and the trucker are in there come in there follow us in our driver follows us in and we're, we we hold up there for about two hours while they duke it out and then uh, uh, yeah everything stops there's a little break mm -hmm. so we 
you know, crawl out of the crawl space and bust open the door to the house because we got to stay. We know we're staying there that sure. night. Sure. And and um, the uh, uh, yeah, five thirty. They got the tab open. So I uh, I. Are you, what are you geared with at this point in time? Just body armor? Do you no, have like I don't have stuff, any body like armor or helmets. Bag? Like we're trying to get okay. out. We didn't. We didn't. We we weren't. We didn't have our own body armor. We had body armor that they gave us on the front line, but nothing. Okay. Uh, uh, nothing. Uh, um, at that point in time, we didn't have any armor. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm glad I didn't. They might have thought, unless it was blue, they might have thought we were combatants. Okay. Um, I'm assuming you didn't travel over to the Ukraine with your own body armor. No. Okay. No. No, I did not. I don't like checking bags. <laughs> I'm so with you on uh, that. Yeah. If I literally total aside here, if I could show up somewhere for like a work trip and my stuff is just shipped over there, right. I'm for it. I'll pay whatever it costs. I would. Uh, it's a, I'm gonna steal that move. Yeah, I hate. Yeah. I hate baggage mm -hmm. with a passion. So. You're, you're exploring this house now. The war is raging around you. I'm to explore tidy house. So the war is okay. raging around you. So we crawl out, and then and then that's when the artillery really picks back up again. Jeez. And it's a rocket. You know, oh my gosh. I mean, there's shells landing 200 yards away. The house is shaking. Oh, my word. Uh, uh, the farmer leaves, comes back like 15 minutes later with mm -hmm. a liter of vodka and some pickled tomatoes. So what are you going to do? So the six or five or six of us just... We polished off that bottle mm -hmm. in about 10 minutes. Sure. Everybody's shaking. Sure. They're real confident afterwards. So we're, just, <laughs> we're just sitting there on the porch. Does it have a gosh. Z on it? Oh, no. Right. Oh, no. Right. And then so at dusk, the uh, you know, Russian tank column comes up on the wrong side of the steel. Right. Like we need to be like the bridge is like a mile away. Right. Like we gotta right. get over that bridge and then there's Russian tanks. So now there's Russian tanks in between us. Paratroopers cleared the way. Russian tanks came in. So we get, you know, not much sleep in and out. Um, get up break of dawn um, and make sure the road's clear. Letting the mm -hmm. guns cool off. I guess there's a Russian jet flying around all night dropping bombs. <laughs> So we get in the car and we make a break for the bridge, mm -hmm. and you know it's just littered with bodies. bodies. Oh my word! Saw so a bifurcated torso. Oh they gosh. dragged out to the middle of the bridge. It was crazy. Ten minutes after getting on the north side of the bridge, I go to a gas station to buy a cappuccino. <laughs> it's like nothing had ever happened. That's unreal. Yes. That is unreal. Um, so in the Daily Beast article, you and Will talked about how you filmed. Uh, I guess effectively goodbyes to your children, mm -hmm. right? Let's talk about about that. What? I was in the back of the truck. Okay. I just didn't want to. I didn't. I. I didn't want to cry because I didn't want. Okay. I didn't want the last thing I said to Gordon mm -hmm. to uh, to see his father scared. Okay. So, took every ounce of courage I had mm -hmm. to uh, uh, to you know try to sound tough, even though sure. I was scared. Yeah. You know, I was so scared. But yeah, you know, I filmed the video and and, uh, and smiled and mm -hmm. you know told him he's a good man. Awesome. And, uh, yeah. Um, so where is the video now? Have you saved it? Yeah, Will's got it. I haven't watched it, okay. but you know I'll watch it at some point. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, 
I get I, more emotional now thinking about it than I did at the time. That, at that point in time, I was just trying to survive. Sure, um, sure. Um, but, you know, I think anybody that's a parent understands. A thousand percent, that, that, yes. You know, as, as Will said in the article, the, and I agree with him, like, we just had this, this overwhelm. The only emotion I felt was just shame for putting myself in that position in the first place. Yeah, but there was no way to know, right? There was no way to know you're that y'all were going to be in that situation. With fire. Well, you are, but at the same time, you're doing a service to the world who needs to know the story, right? Yeah, but, you know, I can let somebody else do that. You know, Robert, I'm, I'm glad I, I did Some it. people are called for that kind of mission, though, right? right? You know? <laughs> uh, and I'm glad I did it now. Uh, but at the time, I was like, you an idiot. You know, it's like yeah. what you got yourself into. Yeah, more than right. I bargained for, that's for sure. Um, I can say that I talked to Jessica on the day that you were returning home. Uh, we were at Lucy's, and I was visiting with her and Justin, and uh, you could feel the sense of relief on her yeah. that she was going to that day to pick you up yeah. at the airport. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, well, it was, uh, you know, I don't know, it feels like a dream. Yeah. Uh, it feels like a dream. Not necessarily a nightmare, but right. it feels like a dream. Do you feel like it's reset your focus here as a, as a dad, uh, as a, a businessman? I, I have this overwhelming sense that everything that we're doing here is futile. Okay. <laughs> After I've seen what men can do to yeah. each other, the barbarism. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going and framing a house in Aransas Pass a few days later. Right. What's the point? And this, this is diminishing each day this this feeling but mm-hmm. when I first got back I, I I just what's the point of all of this stuff you know it's going away now what do you think you'll use from that experience as you raise Gordon um, and the other and the other people that you interact with but specifically your son what do you think you're going to use from that experience as you raise him? You don't want to let a, a similar moment like this in your life define you forever right? True other things in life that are more important than the fact that I wantonly put myself in a, <laughs> in a, in a deadly situation. However, however cool it might be Fair. to bring up at cocktail parties over and over and over again. People, you don't want to be the guy that, like, oh, he's going to tell that story again. Right, right? trading on the past. Right. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. You know, it's a good question. Um, I would say, I would say, I've always thought a sense of adventure is a good thing to, right. to have. And, uh, and like I said, I, I uh, is, is, is surface level as it sounds, I, uh, I, like, a, I like having a good story. Well, and like, like you said not- earlier. I like a notch on the belt. I mean, I feel like there's this, there's this lost masculinity for men, and I don't want to get on a soapbox here at all, right. but... I think it's important for us as fathers, I have a son too, for us to pass along to our sons the things that we believe are important. And that is, I mean, respect and, and, and care for ladies in our lives, our moms, our wives, etc. right? But it's also this, I mean, there's the, there's the Western spirit, right? There are people that came to this state, you saw it out in West Texas for sure, that came when there was nothing out there and they settled the land and they broke and tamed the land, right? And, and I will admit there were some tremendous um, atrocities committed on the way. Yes. And those are not excusable. 
Yeah, but, but their, cur their courage is not up to debate. Right, exactly. You know? And I feel like when you and Will are right. taking on this assignment, or what became an assignment ultimately, it was not a, it was a, perhaps a whimsical decision at the time, yeah. but you take on this assignment for the Daily Beast to go and report on the front lines, and you've right. got a, you've got a group of people, 15 men and a woman that you said mentioned earlier, yes. that have been fighting for years and years and years yes. on the front lines for their country. Yes. That's not something that we, as we talked about earlier, that you and I experienced growing right. up in America, right? And bringing that home to Gordon and be able to say, look, son, there are things that matter that are bigger yeah. than you. Yeah, yeah. Is a that, tremendous that's a, thing that's to a good, That's a good point. It's good to hear it in somebody else's words, too, because I, 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 yeah, sometimes it, good to talk about these experiences because you get a different perspective from somebody else so well I mean it, it, it seems crazy of course right but I was reading the other day about about how and uh this was a 1915 or so ship that sunk when the guy was exploring Antarctica right and they, they found the ship now they filmed it etc and uh, I feel yeah, like Ernest, Ernest Shackleton one, you, of, one, yes. of my, one of my heroes okay and in and, and one of my photography heroes Frank Hurley okay. who documented the voyage of the endurance Yes, uh, the endurance. Thank you. Oh, uh, and yeah, uh, Shackleton's one of my heroes. I love. I don't I think love, that, I love I, Shackleton. He, he wasn't a great. He wasn't a great sailor. Mm -hmm. He was a great leader of men, and he didn't lose the men on that trip, including a stowaway that they picked up in in uh, in in, in, uh, in Argentina. Um, he interviewed four thousand men for that expedition, mm -hmm. and it just Amazing. based he based it all. He based his is he didn't always pick the most competent sailor, but he but he was like, all right, are we going to be able to get along if we get stuck in right. the ice? Exactly. Sure enough, <laughs> sure enough, it happened. He got very yeah. stuck in the ice, right? And then yeah, and then they get on. I can go on forever about Ernest Shackleton, but we okay. yeah, you know, went a lot. Of I just feel stuff. like there's there's this um, there are people with that level of courage that are periodically called to use it, right? Yeah, to exercise right. that courage. Sure. And we don't see that and celebrate that enough anymore. And it's women and men. It's not It's not yeah, a gender-based thing, right? It's very much women and men. And sometimes we see that in small ways. It's the lady who creates a business in her hometown doing baked goods in her house, right? right? And builds a life for her family. It's the guy that's willing to take up stakes and go, you know what, we're gonna go sell uh, whatever we're going to sell and we're going to build a business in West Texas yeah. and it's the guys that decide you know what we were buddies in Tbilisi yeah. we're going to go report from the front lines and we're going to tell sure. the story of courage right. of these frontline fighters who are battling the sure. Russian bear right. right absolutely absolutely these are amazing people um, you know I I, uh, I can't imagine can't imagine you know they're there they're, they're committed right uh, you know, I was there for a brief brief period of time mm -hmm. and and I'm not the victim here you know the 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 country of Ukraine is people of Ukraine oh uh, what they're what they're enduring right now mm -hmm. you know, at the hands of a tyrant right um, it's uh yeah absolute absolutely horrible absolutely horrible so yeah sure it so was, with, it was scary when I was over there with these experiences with in day. your with these experiences in your kind of window with will now that you're home with your family, what kinds of things are you, This I don't want this to sound trite, but you're bringing new experiences home to Corpus Christi sure. that other people don't have, right? Right. So what are you excited about being able to share about those experiences with either your family, with Corpus Christi? What kind of things are you looking forward to here in Corpus? Well, you know, I don't have a big, you know, I guess if I had to answer that question, I'd say an outside perspective and that, you know, you know, there's other things outside of, uh, Oasis County here 
uh, right. that we can go and see. It doesn't mean you have to go get shot at by Russians. <laughs> also uh, true, right? Right. But also, also, there's a. I think. I think there's a. This this incredible level of humanity in the in the in the in the worst parts of the world mm-hmm. that that um, I think a, a lot of a lot of people without having experienced it firsthand would 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 automatically write off these people are savages right you know they're you know, nothing good can come of it you know this was a, I was at one point at one point when I when I was when I was there when we were in the firefight there was this amazing sense of freedom where I didn't care about the bill I had to pay. I didn't right. care about money. I didn't care about what time it was, what day it was, anything. It was the only thing I cared about was was getting out of life. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and I, at that moment, I felt completely free. Sure. Um, as scared as I was. Right. Um, um, not to it wax poetic here, <laughs> but that's 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 how I felt. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, uh, um, but I don't know. I already feel the chaos pulling me back in. I'll be somewhere in six months again doing sure. something stupid. So uh, <laughs> uh, I'm looking, I don't know what's going to be yet, but right. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, um, well, I think that's a good place to, to kind of wrap the show. Okay. Thank you so much for taking time to come on. I really appreciate it. Hey, it was a pleasure, man. Thank I, you, man. I, I had a good time talking to you. It's hard to put yourself in the shoes of the frontline fighters in any war zone, but Robert has done that. You can find one of his and Will's articles on the Daily Beast, which I'll link to in the show notes. I'll also link to a fundraiser for the Strike Force Robert embedded with in the event you'd like to help. Thank you, Robert, for coming on the show, and thank you to the Goldfish for hosting another episode of Echo Corpus Christi. Thank you to our infrastructure partners, Clint Tucker Homes and Sawyer Audiology, and thank you for taking time to listen. Mm-hmm.